OG, not to be confused with Cat Cash's favorite rapper from o- OGC. Um, I'm Zilla Rock, Clock Culture Podcast. Bird. I got Alaska here. What's up, man? Hey, man. What's going on? Hello. I have Curly Castro. What'd it do? The moody, aged man. And then we have. I'm, <laughs> the, I'm old, have, dog. What the fuck am I supposed to do? I don't know, bro. And then we have very good friend making his initial appearance on the show. Um, incredible yeah. musician, worldly man, uh, artistic genius, uh, active father. Oh, Lord. Rod is talking about his hair. Rod is talking about There you go. <laughs> What's happening, y'all? Musician, What's... bass player, just all, all around incredible dude. Him and Castro are each other's stunt doubles. If, if an action movie breaks out, it's dope. It's happened quite a few times. <laughs> like we do, we go. do not, we there. do not look the same. But we are we very don't much at all. mistaken. No, but you have like like similar profiles and height and weight. So then, when when you're both in the same room together and people are drinking, you're like you kind of glance over like, oh, that's it's Castro, but it's yeah. really raw. A lot of a lot of yeah, yeah like finger are, pointing uh, with squinting. Yes, uh, we are not the same height or the same weight. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna like you're six three and he's five ten. no but no but he know i know what i'm talking about we ain't concerned with what you're talking about we're just talking about people taking a cursory glance at us and they just but it's funny because nobody uh, mistakes us for brothers but they just mistake sure. us for each other you see? yeah <laughs> they, they don't they don't think when we turn around and look at it like, oh this might be the guy but they never yeah. nobody ever said all right is your brother right? Nobody ever just says we're related like cousins or brothers, but they that's definitely true. mistake us for they each other. Like, oh, that's, that's not him. That's not him. That's not the one. That's not the one, right? They'd be like, that's not the one. That's not that's the not one the I'm look. looking for. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. I don't come out of the house, so it definitely wasn't me. Especially, <laughs> I came out of the house four times, then I had kids. So we will, and we will time, say that <laughs> back in the day when people were looking for us, it wasn't, it wasn't always nice. So... Oh no! A lot of ill repute. It, yeah, is that him? Where you? Where you went? Why'd you leave me? Oh, this ain't you. Yeah, and I don't know where you at either. And we never knew where each other was. I don't know where. I ain't seen him. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I don't know where you at. Definitely work each other. I don't, I don't know. That we man. worked together one time, and that was it. <laughs> a Street Music a long time ago. Everybody. Everybody in the same place, you know. This, this, you know. <laughs> Can we be cutting down the alibis and, this way? But then it. they, no. Then they started. Um, Riley started pulling in MJ to that. So then they started thinking that MJ was one there of us. Go. It was like three of us at the store. Yeah, MJ. One guy was. One guy was. MJ's. One guy was shades. <laughs> so yeah, was like, one guy wore shades all the time. All the time. All like the like time. tinted glasses or like shades? To the point, MJ like wore shades, shades all the time that he looked very different when he had them off. You would mm. you'd be like, you would mistake him when he had them off. That's how much he, he wore them. God, all the guy. time. That guy with Kaiser Sir say you all days take them off. And you take them off. And you want, you're, you're, standing, you're, standing, you're standing right next to him. 
Yo, you know who I can't I can't picture he he wears like the tinted glasses, but also the shades is Richard Belzer from Law and Order. Like I could never picture yeah. him with just without glasses on. No, nah, but when when he when he, he early on in the show he wasn't. Yeah, early no, he always he wore glasses. Wearing... Always. You sure? Even when he was on homicide, life on the streets. He oh, I'm glasses. thinking of what you call. I'm thinking of the other guy, the other gray haired guy. Um, the other part. Lenny. Lenny. Early. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of oh, Lenny. Yeah. God bless him. He's dead. Shout to Lenny. Nah, he was like early on, like the first. Remember they were like. Yeah. Remember that. Remember that first office was like, like pre iced um, tea. It was like the wire. Um, the wire high hangout. Like, yeah. Remember that yeah, first yeah. office looked like that, like like um like Barney, like uh Barney the uh, the cop show. They're like their office yeah, looked yeah. that bad. The first <laughs> when all oh, no, the first pop, their office was like you know so like with the uh, frosted window like type thing and stuff. It looked like seven and shit. And then when they got with SVU and not you know and then it's all teched out and uh, right. you know black blazers and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they first started, they looked like it was dusty. Um, it was a little dusty. Yeah, it was dusty. Yeah, All right, what's the, what's the what's the topic for tonight? Well, there's no way to segue from Law and Order Richard Belzer to the topic tonight. It's just it's impossible. Even my four years of Temple and communications <laughs> can't help me. Um, the only thing is, this whatever this airs, probably, I don't know, whatever day it is, but earlier in the week, we had uh, a, a versus showcase, not a battle, but a versus, <laughs> sh- like of showcase meaning a DJ played a record and this guy just sang over top of the record, but it was still cool. Uh, D'Angelo, lineage of greatness, D. Um, and so we did yeah. one with Mary J. Blige with the incredible Chanel Ali. And uh, so we wanted to bring in Ra as an active musician to talk about, you know, alongside three rappers, like what, what makes D'Angelo so dope and so special? Did, did everybody see the verses either live or later on and read about it? I ain't watched I haven't that seen shit. it. I kind of, I mean, I remember like <laughs> seeing what was happening on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know what was going to be happening. I just okay. saw people talking about it on Twitter. Yeah, it was, it was, I turned it on maybe like 30 minutes into it. And then I was, I watched it for 20 minutes. And I'm like, if he's just going to sing over top of the records <laughs> the whole time. It's kind of strange. Like he doesn't have access yeah. to any instrumentals at all. No instrumentals, and he doesn't have a band. Yeah. So you still right. saw it, bro? You saw the whole thing. Yeah. So I actually did hear about it uh, maybe a week or so before it happened because I don't know. Like I don't even go on Instagram that often, but I I looked and I noticed that all of a sudden D'Angelo made an actual Instagram. So I was like, mm. huh. Because you can tell he's one of them guys that that doesn't have Facebook and doesn't mm-hmm. have none of that. All of a sudden, he has an Instagram. I'm like, okay, he don't get done. So mm-hmm. and then and D Live went live with him. Mm-hmm. D Nice went live with him. Rap, sorry. And so I was like, he was talking about it a little bit there. So as soon as I saw him go live, like, okay, he's about to announce something. And then that's when in that night, and then like right after that, a couple of posts I saw you know that was going on now i also saw there wasn't going to be no competition it wasn't a versus versus but it was you know as we all saw it was like d'angelo and friends Mm -hmm. so leading up to it everybody's like so who are the friends who are the friends so you know everybody was saying like i bet you you know met the red yep you know uh who they that that surprised me though that surprised me that they popped up yeah but but i know that's that song 
I know that's like I, I was thinking, all right, who who are their features? And I knew Meth and Red. I thought, even though Q-Tip officially isn't on an album, right? I thought he was going to come through because I know mm-hmm. when Voodoo was being recorded, he was like around a whole lot and right. stuff like that. Um, Raphael Sadiq, you know, if you think about Untitled, Lady, a lot of his biggest songs, yep. he's collaborating oh, yeah. with him, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So, so that was a big thing a lot of folks was expecting. It was like, so who are the friends? Who are the friends? What's he going to do? You know, mm-hmm. da, da, da. Um, And then it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Oh, and that, that girl, uh, that girl, her showed up. She was really dope. When she, when she did like that, Lauren Hill joint. I think somebody called her. I think her got a call about an hour. Yeah, that looked very. Yeah, what you doing? She was just like, "Wow, I'm here. I'm such a fan of yours." Like she was blown away. That she was she didn't know she was going to do that. She, I mean, she sounded good, but she didn't know yeah. she was doing that that day. No. And D'Angelo didn't need it, no, neither, because she's playing <laughs> the song and he's sitting there searching. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, where we at? No, no. He's tapping. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, you didn't think about not. So <laughs> it was odd. It was a little odd. Yeah. So my thing personally. I, I, I didn't hate it, hate it, because mm-hmm. I'm a big D'Angelo fan. And although everyone was wondering who the friends were, once I once it happened and it was there and I saw him come out an hour later with his aunt's jacket on <laughs> and the brunch boots, I, the brunch was boots. Like, I was like, yo. Looking, looking, like, like, looking like Cam Newton. It right. did look yeah. like Cam. <laughs> if it was like cow, yeah, the babushka like and everything. Print, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super flat. Mm-hmm. Last, it was like, it was like big flat. Like he had the white herb hat on. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. no, no tilts. No yeah, and like the yeah, um, it was like a yeah, three layer. The white girl like Coachella hat is what you're saying. White girl, and it was like a three layer duster. Like he was yeah, like was. looking like he was in the book of Eli or some shit. I'm not even playing. <laughs> yeah. that was like, he was warm that was like, though. He was very toasty. It was there was like three chinchillas stacked. He was comfortable. It was a lot of animal auto. He was comfortable. Yeah, animal wow. Yeah, God bless yeah. him. He was he's, out front. Peter was out that door pissed. I know Peter that. Was like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. sorry, it's a mass coordinate. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, to cut to the chase. So yeah, mm-hmm. D'Angelo um, versus, and that made us think that it was um, an appropriate time for us to do a lineage of greatness. Yeah, definitely. on Dangelo, what I call. Him. And Dangelo? I, was people, I was like, Dangelo. I was like, you listen to Dangelo? They're like, what are you talking about? I, like, yeah, I call, I've been calling him Dangelo for years. Um, yes, it works better. Django chained. Right I, I also noticed <laughs> after he got after he got big, the name D'Angelo became more prominent. Like people naming their kids. Indeed, stuff yeah. like that happens. Yeah, no, which, nobody's gonna beat uh the, the Raekwons yeah. of the world. There's, like, there's, there's, so, <laughs> many, there's so many Raekwons in, in the planet right Raekwon, now. Jalen, Raekwon, Jalen, Jalen. That's all. Yeah, and that's big. That's big. Raekwon is a big name. Big, big name. Yeah. yeah. You also have to give credit to D'Angelo Williams because he was playing. Oh yeah, for the uh, Panthers NFL for a while at that time. So yeah, he was. That is right. true. He was the only dude that, that was like true. around the same age. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't like. And and you know, and it's also hard to push through the helmet. Cause I'm trying to think yeah. what he looks like right now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? He was on, yeah, he was on. I think I had a fan. <laughs> but like D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, dude. On the, we were talking about him today. The, oh the, yeah, we were talking about him, the, the basketball player. Yeah, that's no. Mm-hmm. But basically, D'Angelo lineage of greatness in the sense that um, he's Sade like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the sense that, uh, you know, he releases kind of when he wants to, when the moment hits. Mm-hmm. And that leads to, you know, big gaps in between. But also it's not the sense that he's not making singles in that moment. He's not right. one of those guys mm-hmm. who'll toss you here or he'll feature, you know, he'll feature, right. maybe he'll mm-hmm. pop up. I think he's, um, I think he was also entering that print space where like, if you look in the credits, it'll be, oh, there he goes. Like yeah. that type of stuff. He would do yeah. like that. Maybe just like play, play guitar on someone's record. Right, but not bring all of that attention to himself. So, you know, yeah. like, we, we thought it was just good time to, to, to crack on the guy. Um, yeah. where, where the um, v, uh, Virginia's finest, right? Richmond? Yes. Yeah, Richmond. Yeah. Richmond's yeah, Richmond born. Richmond. Yeah, man. I mean, Richmond is the... Richmond, Richmond is, is like strong it, R&B lineage. It, it is the cradle. Oh, Richmond incredible. got yeah. a lot popping out of Richmond. As far as Virginia being a big place, but Richmond really yeah. holding that musical. Um, we got folks down there. Um, our homie Topaz down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Topaz, what Miss Wise? Shout out to us. So, um, so yeah, Z. Yeah, man. And I, I guess we we can start at the beginning with with D. Is like Brown Sugar was the first thing, and yeah, I, I mean, I. See, I'm I'm always have a very like sentimental soft place because that I remember seeing that video and him with the jacket and there's like these two mm-hmm. chicks in the in the crowd of his show they're kind of like gyrating and dancing and the one girl has like blonde twists in her hair and she's in, like black yeah. leather pants and he's got the rose <laughs> and the cigarettes and like Ali Shaheed Muhammad's playing the drums and the whole time watching yeah. that video back then I'm like who is this dude like what is yeah. this everything about it like. He had the he had the cornrows and not a lot of dudes had cornrows in '95. Like nah, he was doing the he was doing the brown stuff. So it, it was the relatability of him being on coming out of a brownstone. So mm-hmm. you know you were thinking you know brownstones are in every video, bad boy artists, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I remember when it clicked for me, Alaska. Tell me if you agree when I when I heard Brown Sugar, and I know Alaska has different opinions, but when I realized, and this is before I smoked. Um, so what year is this? 90... 95 it came out. Five. Five. So like this yeah, right, yeah. I'm right going to school. Smoking is around, but I'm still not partaking. Um, right, imagine that, right? I'm still I not partaking. I can't proud of him. And <laughs> somebody put me on the D that put me on the, the game that brown sugar was about weed. Mm-hmm. And I said, What? You know, it, it it's nothing that Jizza hasn't done, right? right? But at the same right. time, until until you get that master key, you know what I'm saying, at the top of that map or whatever, you, you don't know what you're listening to. And it just sounds, it sounds innocuous. It sounds innocent. It don't really right. sound like weed at all. Like, even, and I, mm-hmm. I, I always like stuff like that, you know, from Ace, when you really like, when you catch me off guard and then I right. realize and I go, oh, oh, that's what we talking about. So yeah. I really appreciated that. The video was like, even the funny thing, the video didn't even give any hints. It was not like the girls were wearing nah. green. Like the video gave nah. no hints. It he plays just like right, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, you smoking right, cigarettes. Right, right. And exactly. And so I wasn't connecting at all. So when I realized that, I was very impressed. And also, um, and tell me y'all if y'all agree, I re- this being a bedroom out. The first time I'm mm-hmm. hearing of he made it in the bedroom, he's playing the different instruments and stuff. The better version of the headphone thing, Z, with your man, Cody Chestnut. No, that's crazy. So, no, this is a very different album. Um, granted, but when I realized he made it in his mom's house, like no, the whole thing. You didn't make it in his mom's son, di- Listen. The myth of the whole thing of him. <laughs> what, what, where does that about. come from? I never he heard that. Well, yeah, the well, word was up. he cut all these yeah. demos at like in the in the room by himself. Then he went to studios and bumped them. All right, but he was yeah. signed to Motown, bro. Like this isn't some bedroom shit. Tell, tell me if I'm so. Wrong, so here we go. So hit me, hit me. The, so the quick background on that on Brown Sugar was that all of the songs he pretty much did do them on his ASR ten. Now, oh, nice. so he demoed the whole thing on that. Now, gotcha. 
of course, he once he was signed, you know, he went right. to New York gotcha. and wherever, recut all of it. But the but a lot of like a lot of the initial sounds that you hear on some mm. of the keyboard stuff is exactly pretty much what he played. They just so pressed record and press play, you know. It was ASR 10, so it was all samples and Ooh. stuff like that. Um yeah, I remember that. I remember that video from Brown Sugar distinctively yeah. too. I I didn't smoke yet, but I knew it was about weed pretty much immediately. Like I, I didn't know I for like, years. You, I didn't, I didn't you got a big with. sister by the name of Chocolate Ty. I was like, I didn't know what Chocolate Ty was. I was thirteen. That that I is one of my mom. Kind of I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing his song. I'm hearing his song. Right, so it's kind of escaping me. He's talking. I'm thinking these are just, um, you know, colloquialisms for women, right? Like right. you know, just, yep. it comes. It came over like that. And then I remember. Um, and me and Z talked about this. This is also, we're, we're going into phases though, but this is also the non-sex symbol version of this cat. Right. Meaning, yeah, I mean, jacket. super baggy clothes. Like we are, uh, right, we was talking about this. Me and Z was talking about this Alaska. He wasn't even like unbuttoning the shirt. No. Couple buttons. Like, he like was covered genuine. on. You know yep. what I'm saying? He wasn't even <laughs> like just giving a hint when they do the big wind scenes and, the, and it's blowing off. You, you got the one shoulder now. Like yeah. that was, you know, R&B or one-on-one. He wasn't doing that. Yeah, yeah walking around yeah. barefoot all the time. He was wearing layers. So I come to yeah. we come to find out loud it was actually a complex, but he was wearing like a shirt and a vest and a leather. So you know, yeah. this is a guy that's not like I, you know, I'm not showing my body. I didn't know he, you know, don't matter if I work out or nothing like that. Like you, you're gonna hear my sign. So I remember that being though. Know, yeah. Well, well, that was that was one of the things too. <clears throat> that I noticed about him, especially as things go on, like, I think that was kind of like one of his, like an image type thing that they were trying to play with and work on. Because if you noticed, he even had like a live album that came out. It wasn't, like if you were into music and stuff like that, a lot right. of people knew it, this live in London album he had. Mm -hmm. But even like a lot of the videos from that, he used to perform at the keyboard a whole lot. I mean, obviously he didn't have the money to pay like a whole band. So like 90% mm -hmm. of what he was doing, he was behind mm -hmm. the keyboard. Just like if you look at the video for um cruising. Yeah. Um, the yep, next yep, video, the, grand piano. the way he's the way he's behind the rose or yep. yeah, the piano in that yep. joint, same thing. Like um, he, 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 it was always Ooh. yeah, it was yeah, I love that shit. Oof. I was I wanted Something that shit right. so bad. The USA so I, I would like to I would like to give the stage and the floor to the the one and only. Wait, wait, and, and before you do that, real quick, before, before he stunts on this album and says it, it's it's a walking piece of shit, I want to say that to tie into our last episode on uh, Smith and Wesson, the mm -hmm. Beat Miners remix of Brown Sugar featuring Cool G Rap, that's something to discover and look up. Have fun. With yes, okay. so yes, I love so, that. That's one of oh. yes. That, yes, that is a I good know. Wait, that's that a good one. Sorry, you talking about? I'm thinking of the lady remix. Burn, burn, the lady, burn. lady remix with AZ that premiered. That joy. Yeah. Yes, Dang. son. Yo, that's it. That one's hot. With a with and they sitting at the um, yep. it's all white background. Yep. And, and then AZ's, AZ's got the suit with, with the mock back on. Ooh, and Joy and Joy. And then Bob yes, Joy's, Joy's in there. Yes, Joy's in there. Yeah, someone's pregnant. But I, I remember that um, video. Is that Joy? Maybe Joy. That's Joy, Joy might pregnant. Be, yeah. And that I think she was pregnant. Sorry, but what what struck me y'all was I can't, the instrumentation. I think Goody Mob, yeah. That brunk 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 
I was like, uh, uh, that was, yeah. uh, but that let me know uh, uh, I, that remix. Um, to bring it full circle, that remix let me know. Okay, there's a little more hip hop yes. in this than I anticipated. Like, cause you know the clothing, whatever. Like, you know, tank all them. These guys hood it all out. You know, a case right. case will punch you in the stomach. Tank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> case like, case is crazy. Case, case is crazy. Case, Case punch you in the stomach, dead ass. I'm not Yo, playing. Ra's eyes became gigantic. When he said, "Case is crazy," I know you're. I know you're crazy. The, the way you're <laughs> like, I, I know There's that story so, back there, isn't it? But my point about that is like, when I started seeing the hip hop sensibilities, not just like in the way background, fans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was like coming to the foreground. But um, Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Brown, so look, I don't hate the record. I just when it came out, I was like, eh, okay, cool. It's another R&B record. Like I, and I still feel that way. I listen to it and I'm like, it's got cool songs, but it's not like, it's nothing it like the, the work that came after it to me. It was it, So that one wasn't the moment. The, no, the that wasn't the moment for me. It was Voodoo. Voodoo was the moment that, that blew my mind. Like, I like Lady. I thought that was great, but I thought a lot of it was just sort of like, it wasn't any different to me than like a Joe record or, you know, Tony, Tony, Tony mm. record. Mm. Um, so... I can I can actually I, I feel you there too. I liked it. Now again, when Voodoo came out, that's when I was like, I was like, and yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute, what is this? You know, Brown sure got dug it, but like the thing that that gave it like a, some difference to me is like like Castro was saying, I definitely heard, I could hear the hip hop influence just through the drum sounds back then, even though I wasn't yep. really producing or anything yet. I was really breaking down a lot of sounds. So like a lot of the, you know like a lot of them, just like the Lady remix, even though nothing was that that direct on there, like you could still listen to the like the way that some of the beats were. It was still like. Like it wasn't like just like you know even brown sugar. Had um, heard the, um, y'all know that the drum the drum piece right? You don't know talk about it has the uh, the long metal fingers and they use it just to tap and jazzing a lot. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the brushes, I, yo, I, yeah, the brush. Yeah, I, I can't. Cause yo, all right, let me tell y'all. So we used to hire people. So me and Rod, we go way back. Rod, we talk twenty. Yeah. We on twenty. So Rod used to play yeah. in my bands. And um, that's how me and Rod got cool. He would always be like, so my band would always be a gigantic revolving door, right? We would Damn. shuffle people in and out, in and out, but Rod was consistent. We hired him from way back when. And albeit Rod made the most money out of all of us because we always paid Rod. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as, as hip hop people with bands know, the band gets paid, but the act, we don't know. So right. anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I oh, forgot what boy. I was saying. What was I talking about? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know what you're yeah, saying. Anyway, I, I well, here's the big you, thing okay. that really made it stand out was that it was like the Rhodes was like super front on that record compared to a lot of stuff that was out there. And it was like you started seeing that, hearing that sound in like a lot of hip hop production. Yeah. I think around that time. Like, so Q-tip. I think like to me, it was like Q-tip, a bit yeah. of a ubiquitous sound. At the time, yeah, like yeah. it was a little bit everywhere, so it wasn't something that like really stood out like crazy. And it was um, it was kind of reaffirmed with like when Music Social came out right after mm-hmm. and India yeah. Ari. And so all much in my head, up. all of those sounds blended into the same year. Like I thought Chico de Barge came out the same year. Mm, I thought yeah, close um, to it. Like yeah, a little Michelle bit before, Diego but yeah. Bitter came out the same year. Like I thought all of that oh, was the same time. 
Ooh, bitter. Well, Ooh, bitter, don't, don't make, bitter was ooh, different, but the one just before that, Plantation Lullaby. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, Peace Beyond Passion. Peace Beyond Passion. I'm sorry, the second Ooh, one. Yeah, this, that this was right around the biggest, there. Yeah, Rise one of the and biggest like, Michelle and Diggins. I think I told you guys, like, even yeah. like even like the Jeanne album was starting to pick up on like some of those sounds earlier on. Yeah. Yes. So to me, it oh, was you know like funny? groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. You know what song? Um, the year before, I'm looking at the timeline. I was just playing over the weekend that had the roads in it. Was Brandy? I want to be down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. Like yeah. it was like the emergence of yeah. the roads. And even Although visually, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. so yeah. unique visually. Like you, you all have even mentioned it was like a lot of the bad boy videos. Like it had that same lighting. It had that same feel. Yes. Yeah. You know. I think yeah. it's a hype. I think hype did because hype did the lady remix video. He right. might have white might have did brown sugars, but this is before one, but, like but again, glossy hype. This is like regular uh, hype. Alaska, I can agree with you that brown sugar was part of the um. The, in, the incline of all yeah. of these sounds becoming prime because I like I was about to say the only person that messed it up to me was Alicia Keys. That's when it was kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, who made her? Who, who did this? Yeah. You know, yeah, I always yeah. felt like that about her. But again, yeah. they see you know they woven her in with hip hop remixes and things of that nature and tricking us to think that like because she was not the best keyboard play out like I like, not mm-hmm. by far. So like right. whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So so Alaska, what what? What about brown sugar to you back then and today is kind of like a three and a half mic album beside the words? Um, it, it's just, it's kind of long. It's it's 10 songs. I don't know. It feels long, man. I can make that album eight album. I can make that album eight songs and, sure. and have it go and it still not feel like the one song, Smooth is Cool. Yeah. It I definitely took me a year to get into Smooth. Like, I was like... Yeah. Like, I would but it's funny. <laughs> this was still... But this was still in a time where you would chop your records up. Like, you'd skip past. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You yeah. listen to your you five, your 12. You make your... Yeah. You know, but even while yeah. you're playing it, Alaska, right? You would... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then move on. Um, but see, Smooth was a track six. It was in the middle. So I'd be yeah. good and chilling. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what is about? Come on. Man, I sat down. Yeah. Yeah. Problem I mean, like, me. uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Jones and My Bones is incredible. That joint yeah. is, but fire. um, no, my joint, that that is like, okay, and also the good difference. Yeah. And I'm with you, like, I like a difference. So I'm like, you know, was the um, shit damn motherfucker. I, oh, I, just, I was just, I was just digging that the groove of it. Sometimes songs that repeat shit over and over again don't yeah. work. That was the best but when they work. Yeah, they work, it and it's like yeah. the least amount of songwriting. But when they work, it's just like four words. They just say it over and over again. Yep. And it really works. But um, that album came out the same year. Sorry, that album came out the same year as My Life and Diary of a Mad Man. So definitely, uh, both mm. albums were way better than that record to me. Definitely, like yeah, in terms of the uh, rating. Okay, but now we get now, to the epic. Now, also with me, the thing that I heard in Brown Sugar, even though it wasn't like the Opus. And I didn't, even though I hadn't heard Voodoo yet, I still was feeling like Brown Sugar is cool, but I, there's something more, there's something more there. Is this that um, I really heard more of a British influence mm. or a London influence in the top part. So like I was saying, the drums were real hip hop. And that yes. was the American New York part that I heard. I was like, okay. But like right. the string arrangements, the you know his chord progressions and stuff like that. It reminded me more of um brand new heavies Ooh. and um and not in like um one hundred and rising 
um, Incognito. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, because I was in the Jamiroquai back then, too, especially. That's when I really yeah. started listening to Jamiroquai. So, like, had, it kind of... That was very road heavy as well. That was road heavy. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we're saying... So we're saying, okay, y'all, um... Do you want to, uh, let's hit a quick break? Before yeah, we we'll, only we'll take our first break since we covered uh, Brown Sugar. And Alaska was respectful. You know, I thought he was in the, no, you, did, you, did. you know, yeah. his, I his it was acid be a spitting. Level. Yeah, like not, you know, just ball him up like a, like a piece of paper and you throw bet. him in the trash. <laughs> and just, you know, set him on fire and walk away. But he was cool. I appreciate that. All right, we're going to take our first break. Call out Culture Podcast. Guest Ross Sanji, Lineage of Greatness, D'Angelo. B-R- Sadiq Check it out, man. Zilla Rocker here. Newest remix project from yours truly, a collection of all my favorite remixes I've done for rap homies far and near. Anything I Touch, I Bruise, Volume 3, Creators and Swindlers, available now at $3pistol.com. Name your own price. You can give me $10, $50, $0.09. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Got joints on there from DJ Manipulator and Conway La Machina, The Machine, Lush Life and Killer Mike, Griffin, Scorsese with Vic Spencer, Castro with Def C, Colossal, and Elusive. From exclusive joints, remixes from Cryptic One in Alaska, the Steel Tip Dove with Prem Rock, unavailable anywhere else. And oh yeah, this joint is only on Bandcamp, meaning it's unavailable anywhere else either. So check it out. You could also grab the Ill Red Zilla Rock and Unisex hoodie, or not, but you would look 89% flyer. This has been evaluated by scientists. I promise you. Check it out. Peace. Peace, ladies and gentlemen. This is Prem Rock, Wrecking Crew, Shrapnel, all that good stuff. I'm here to tell you about our latest companion piece to the LP on Backwood Studios, entitled Flechette. We got a Murderer's Row on there. We got a new track with Elusive. We got Kenny Siegel. We got Willie Green. We got Blueprint. We got August Fanon. We got Analog Tape Dispenser. We got Jeff Markey. We got Blockhead. We got Small Pro. And we got a verse from Cavalier on there. What more do you need? Honestly, what more do you need? It's pay what you will on Bandcamp, which is which is crazy to me. That's crazy to me. So if you want to enter a zero in there, the goose egg, that's fine, but that's on you. You got to live with yourself. Uh, you know, we appreciate your support. And shout out to Call Out Culture, the best rap podcast in the world. If you disagree, you just didn't listen. Peace. Bang, 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 bang. Call out back. It's call out culture. Call out. Yeah. Uh, Cuddy coming down the step. Call out Cuddy coming down the step. Oh, like the hand and Yo, Real quick, it, before before we get <laughs> before we get into the show, um, for our Patreon subscribers, which you can do right now, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash call out culture. Um, you could do five beans a month. You could do ten beans. You could do twenty. You could do you could pay me an Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin. If no, you want no, we're month. not That's doing that. But so, um, oh, yo, my man AJ Swade made grab a coin, like grab, grab a, a like the. Um, Grab like, around like the. We could do that. So if you want to become a Patreon bro. subscriber, we're having our our, our second uh, uh, Patreon hangout sesh where people get to hear demos and shit we're working on. That's all going to be coming out at some point this year. So there you go. That, that's a, that's a big perk of rocking with the team. Um, but yeah, but we're going to talk D'Angelo. But first, before we do D'Angelo, really, I wanted to give a uh, open the floor to Ra. 
So, you know, bless the people real quick. You know, take your jacket off, hang it on the side. You know what I mean? Make uh, yourself a drink and say, yo, man, check it out, it's man. It's cold down here. This is what I'm about. Here, so you got the Dunder Mifflin tea on. on. Yeah, you know, a little something, little so, something. So, it's cold. So, uh, so Castro gave us some history between you two and you making way more money off his rap career than he did, which is dope. Um, so whatever. <laughs> so get, you know, like, there's a reason why we wanted you to be on the D'Angelo episode outside of having good taste in R&B. So let people know like what yeah. your connection is in terms of your artistry and your musicianship. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've just been a, a student of music in a different way my entire life, even before I was playing, like I was just listening to, you know, just like we, this is before I was playing bass or anything. I'm hearing the British influence of D'Angelo with the drum sound sound like. So, I mean, this is something I was born with, but um, I went to Drexel for music engineering uh, back in like in the night era, late nineties, 99 there. And, um, you know, I couldn't get a work study job. So I was playing saxophone at the time. But it was a lot easier to get jobs playing bass. So oh. I was playing bass in college, didn't think I was playing. I was just like, hey, I'm good enough to do this. But subsequently, people seem to like it. So, you know, <laughs> from there on, I started I, um, I started out right after I graduated. I was with a young lady, Melina Younglau, out of New York, doing some hardcore rock. Rock, rock shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like straight hardcore. You know, I'm, I grew up growing up in D.C., I wasn't you know, porn from bad brains and HR and people like that. So kind of just kind of let it kind of was about natural progression, believe it or not, for me. Um time went on, played with a lot of different people. I had my jam band, the Blue Method, for several years. We um pretty much sold close, I don't know how many thousands of albums right out the trunk. This was before I knew anything that I should have known about publishing the royalties and and all that kind of stuff. But hey, you know, you live and you learn. Um, But all that, the main thing, probably the biggest thing that I did, I was Lauren Hill's music director for about three years um, between 09 and 2012. Give or take a year or something, somewhere is in there. Um, So, you know, I've seen the ins and outs of a lot of that scene and, you know, Interning in the Black Lily back when I was in college, you know, I saw like the ascension of music, Soul Child, Jill, Floor Tree, Jaguar. Like I was right there and saw it all, you know, carrying the root stuff into the Black Lily, you know. Mm. I wasn't too young. I was too young to be in there, but hey. Yeah, you so know. like a lot of people, you know, you'll hear us, you'll hear us have people doing like frontline stuff and not to say anything yeah. that Rod does secondary, but Rod has an insight on the back line. The people in the yeah. back, like, you know, the Motown stuff, like people is back there really creating this stuff. And um, yeah. when, when when I got with Rob, remember I said it, we kept we kept Rob around because it's it's not like we all know it's not the easiest thing to play hip hop because it's loop based. So mm-hmm. like a musician doesn't want to play something every four count and fade back. Mm-hmm. That can get really <laughs> redundant and some cats get really creative. We had a keyboard player who would flourish. Alaska, this guy, blah, 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 blah. like, no, <laughs> slow down. So I, I just, I just so um, pretty. Can you just play I, that I, beginning I, part for us? That's all I need you to do. Just I, keep I repeating admired, that a lot. Uh, do that a lot. I admired Rod's uh, dedication to the form. So he was definitely keyed yeah. in, helped us out a lot, was on our records and stuff like that. So right. um, we just wanted to have him on the show just to show the back line. Like, you know, some people don't know who plays behind D'Angelo and, and you know, have, don't have the insight. Some yeah. people don't know uh, uh, Glasper and, mm. um, you know, Poison, Cats, they're really, um, yeah. even my man, they got exiled. 
they had to run out of Philly. Um, Scott Stortz. Scott Stortz, yeah. At least yeah. playing it that oh, yeah. night. Yeah, he was. Yep, um, he was. You know, he was chasing. Definitely, that especially, especially Philadelphia, our home, our home place for our music. It, the um, the gig scene is very heavy. The roots thing. Yeah. A lot of people try to copy that. So it gave, in in one way, it was corny, but it was good because it gave a lot of gig musicians the open palette to create with other musicians out here. It's not so right. taboo in Philadelphia to have a band with you and to um collaborate and stuff like that. A lot of band uh, <laughs> yeah, stuff going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that's yeah, cool, and man. then um, and like currently, what am I doing now? Um, I've been um, Kindred of Family Souls bass player, band leader for, I don't know, pretty much just before okay. I was with Lauren through that time up until now, and that's what I'm saying about ten, one, about ten yeah, years, you know. Yeah, actually, I think it's longer. It, it's got to be longer. I don't know. It's a long time. Damn, I didn't bro. have children or any of this stuff when it, when that started, but you know, <laughs> I got I know. got beef with I got beef with Kindred well, with one of them. Uh, my, uh, me and one of them have we have history. One, you one know that I told you that I told you me. Yeah, and, uh, you told me. Yeah. I just let it go. <laughs> I was involved, so I just me like... and Patin had a moment. I say names. We had a moment. He won't remember, but I do. Look, he speaking, won't remember, speaking of ha- speaking of having a moment. D'Angelo had one with Voodoo. Um, oh, did he ever? So, but you know what's interesting about Voodoo? I was thinking about um, how Devil's Pie came out way before the album on the Belly soundtrack. Right. Yeah, like but probably a year in you, advance. But it didn't give you the sense that that was a, a, a peak into the record. You still thought you and were going to get. It sounds nothing. It sounds. It's right. totally. It's kind of. It doesn't even make sense to be on Voodoo. It almost the song's doesn't. So fit. amazing. Right. Right. The but, song. Yeah. I only thought that as well. That it didn't fit. It doesn't fit. It's but the song is. It, I mean, it was I, so well, like, dope. You know, yeah, but the fact that the song didn't give so you can be like, all right, but, but like the I fact that the like, song didn't let you in on what what the Voodoo experience was. I thought that was a clever move. Like, because at all. And I got that feeling when I heard it. I didn't think like, oh, this is the record. I just thought, oh, premiere. D'Angelo, you know, it's a one-off, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that type of collab deal. Well, the, the fun yeah. thing about Brown Sugar, I mean, I'm sorry, about Devil's Pie is the famously, Cannabis turned that beat down, Oof. and then fucking D'Angelo was like, sure, I'll just write the most universal song ever about the downfall of man. Yeah, mm, exactly. no, no doubt. Exactly. Here you go, I'll do that. And we love it deeply. I, I, did a, I, I used to cover it for years. I have a video over a small pro beat where I would cover that song and do it live. So it's clearly like a big song in my life, but when in the movie Belly, it's at the end acapella. So it's mm-hmm. on the soundtrack, the fault, the song, but in the movie, you just hear at the end, "Fuck the slice, want the pie, want the pie," Why and then like pie? right, it's in that context. actually, 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 the beat is in the movie, right? But the, it's the in the end? earlier scene. It, yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Yep. Right yes. when he got when they got with Ox, yeah, they was chopping oh, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It Sorry. Is. Yeah. This but, is the but, nerd no, but, stuff that I was doing back. No, but this is this is but this is dope because <laughs> <that beat. laughs> look at the context it is. At the end of Belly, it's weird. You know, it's confetti yep. and Nas is in Africa. So you again, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in just, Africa. I'm Yo, just harping did. on the fact that <laughs> they weren't letting, they weren't um showing their hand at all, right. even yeah. in the different forms of this leak, right? I mean, yeah. well, not a leak, but like on um, you know this soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then so when when Voodoo hit, like I said, probably a year later from when Billy mm-hmm. hit. I mean, I remember playing Voodoo and hearing it, and then I was like, oh, this song's in here, thinking, oh, okay, he's gonna have like premiere, kind of like an extension of the first album, like hip hop drums, mm-hmm. loops, and then it just never touched that shit again. 
Not, yeah. not even close. Well, right. I mean, there's a song with Red and Meth that just should that's not even it. be that anywhere on that record. I don't think Red and Meth up and down at all. Left and they, they don't. No, that's left and right up. And down. That song shouldn't be on down. any record, let alone this record. Yeah, I think, I but the funny think, thing like is it's the it's the typical guitar, right? The guitar is not nothing new. But then you got. Red and meth were a hot commodity then, and I think red fits the song. Meth, not maybe not so much. Yeah, it doesn't fit like, the record though. Okay, I'm with like you. like both yeah. of them are like they're you know here's the thing about okay I, and I, and I, and I love both of them so much back then and still do, but yeah. to me D'Angelo here's 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 the greatness of D'Angelo, one part of his greatness he has this very like wise vision when he writes like. He was still young. He was probably 25, 26 when he made Voodoo. He was a young guy because he was like 21 or something when Brown Sugar came out or something like that. But Mm -hmm. he was very like wise and and very deliberate. And like you guys said, let's make a lot of them songs in his house. But the way his writing was too was like very earnest and heartfelt. And then you have like Red and Meth being like, my flow is remarkable. Set your pussy out. Like they're they're too over the top and crazy where if you would have had like Having him with AZ on the Lady remix, where AZ is just like yeah. smooth and buttery, and, right. and just kind of like being Con- like majestic. Cognac and a cigar. Cognac, Cognac and, a cigar. and a cigar. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. about him is like is like gator shoes and like a nice yeah. chain. Whereas Red Mether like jumping up and fucking down, sweating, batting gloves on, fucking kicking their sneakers off. It's like too much for the D'Angelo aura. So to me, like that was always out of place. And the, they made a video for it, which was a dud, and they kind of just scrapped it. But they that used to play the, the video, single, actually. Yeah. yeah, and the video was on Urban Expressions, but they never, it was never like a main thing until like Untitled hit. Like that was like the so, really, so, that was everywhere. So as it seems like we're talking, so the first couple of steps of the record are not showing us the brilliance. So when did that part, on uh, when did that flower open up? So far, so, so, so the line on. So this from is the line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, musically, mm-hmm. yeah, track four right after, yeah, right after the first track is cool. It's just that because of the sequence and because Devil's Pie is right mm-hmm. after it. And again, yeah. like I love the song then, but like I was just like, especially once I had heard the album, like I was like, this is just kind of in the way. Like right. it was yeah. on like I put it on mixtape or something like that, but it was in the way. Left and right, it was cool, but like, yeah, once you heard once you hear the line. And then send it on is right after yeah. that. Oh my god! You're like, yeah. yeah. From this point, from track four, now I don't have to touch. No. So now, after so, right. so, right. so I'm with y'all. So track four on now, I'm understanding why it's one called Voodoo. <clears throat> yes. And not not and not as an aesthetic choice. So now we're now whatever the herbs and spices that we were dealing with in the first hand, now they're taking effect. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now the shaman is laying me down on my back, and now I'm about to take this trip. And it was like yeah. that, like, you know, whatever yeah. you believe about, but Vodun, is, it's a process. You see what I'm saying? You imbibe, yeah. you, you ingest certain things, and then chanting is happening, smoke is done, and now you start making your travel mm-hmm. down that tunnel. And the record right. started doing that, you know what I'm saying? And I remember yeah. when the record started moving, alas, like you said, that's when I started looking at the insert. And, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the pictures, the way he was being presented now, shirt off, um, you know, imagery, Vodun imagery, the burgundy, the, uh, the, yeah. uh, the lettering, yes. the, the, the typeface. So it's like it's okay, even the type of paper, even the type of yeah, paper. yeah like yeah. I had the cassette. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 he's he's like coming out of this cocoon that was covered in leathers and and Tim but and butter Tim's from the first record, and now he's right. opening yeah. up. What we didn't know though was this was also, and I want to last, I want um 
Zilla expound on this. This was going against type because he was not that public a person, but somebody was telling him, we got to make you, we got to oil you up. And that was not him. So uh, Zilla, tell us okay. about that article. So, all right. So I remember because I had a GQ subscription for years and years and years. So I remember. I know which article you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was like two years before Black Messiah actually dropped when they were like, okay, D'Angelo's back. And it was still two years early. That's, yeah. that's the timeline he's on. But the <laughs> yeah, article, exactly. I reread it. Um, but before we did the show and and i remember everything in it and i remember like as a d'angelo fan from brown sugar when i i was the only person that knew d'angelo when brown sugar hit being like a white dude in south philly and then right. four or five years later an untitled hit and like he's on vh1 which was still playing like cheesy shit because mm-hmm. untitled was a fucking bomb but exactly. in the article they talked about how like we said in the first album he is heavily buttoned up at all times and the yeah, second album, chilling, Untitled, yeah. he's super ripped. Like, he looks like he's a fucking safety for the Falcons or some right. shit. And exactly, how they, yeah. they did that, and he became a sex symbol, and how he was very uncomfortable with that because his that background is, like, Pentecostal, uber-religious, yeah. like, literal God and devil-fearing person who came up in the church, like, very conservative, like, talk, like a, people tell him, don't speak the devil's words, don't sing the devil music. Like you put that guy into the industry and they're like, okay, we're gonna give you a personal trainer. You're gonna have a lot of protein shakes. You're gonna wear like leather pants and no shirt. And women started throwing underwear at him on stage and he felt like disgraced, like I'm a musician, not a stripper. And how mm-hmm. that, that video and that fame off that video and the sales like really put him in a tailspin for 15 years. And he didn't like it. So I remember the next time I saw him after all of that shit was the Raphael Sadiq video, You Should Be Here. You guys remember that video? Mm-hmm. Like he's just sitting on a porch in the West Coast and he's singing. And in that video, yeah. I'm like, he's got like kind of like, kind of like a pudgier neck. Yeah. Yep. He, he looked bigger. He looked bigger. like he did on the first album. Right. So he looked like, like how he did before. And, right, and that yeah. was a dope well, song. Well, there was a video. period where he got really big. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So he did all that like right. as a rebellion to yeah. the, the industry being like, you got to stay chiseled. You have a trainer and all that shit. So the genius yeah. of voodoo then was like, you had the casual fans falling in love with him as a sex symbol. But then the album becomes like this lauded, huge, like, you know, like John Mayer and fucking Eric Clapton were like, this is a fucking brilliant. This is the best album I've ever heard. And Rolling Stones, like top 10 ever. Uh. Um, so I, I just felt it was odd, like watching who was pulling in. And then you guys would know from the Philly scene, like the soul Quarian shit and like the electric ladies uh-huh. time. Mm-hmm. And then that whole run where they were on a cover of vibe. And there was a huge fallout from that. And then his shit with Quest Love and how Quest Love's like the worst fucking friend you can ever have in your life because he doesn't give a fuck about you. He just cares about the music you're going to make and put out. That's all in the article. But uh, I just thought it was interesting like to go back to it and watch him now in verses where he's kind of like, like I looked it up again, like Black Messiah was seven years ago. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, crazy and thing it, about it, yeah, that was just before my son was born. Yep, like literally. Mm-hmm. So at, when that came out, I remember like because that was after I think the Michael Brown shit. I think that's when he rushed and put it out. Yeah, but yeah, that, even it, it that was, like it was like socially conscious. Yeah, he right. So you're, you're talking. Them, yeah. It's a 14 year gap from the second album, and now we're seven years since then. Yeah. Say less. Yeah. The the crazy shit about the the Black Messiah record is it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. Yeah, like, surprised. I remember I was watching Saturday Night Live. I saw an ad for it, and then they're like, next week, D'Angelo. And that was the first yeah, time I, I ever heard of it. And like, I was I writing that was, a um, publication at that time. 
Mm-hmm. Wasn't that around the time when they were kind of rolling away from the, the um the lead up? I mean, like yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it was a Jay-Z surprise. Jay Z and Beyonce doing Beyonce like, were doing that. Taylor now. Swift like, back then, yeah. like you're saying, you're waiting for something again um to pop up on a soundtrack, whatever, right. like something yes. more, like a little little teaser or something, a commercial print ad, and it was none of that. I remember start I remember start seeing the print ad before I noticed mm-hmm. it dropped, and it dropped the next week. I mm-hmm. saw it like in a magazine, you know, the the um the album cover. Which right. doesn't yeah. tell you much. It's like you know, blacked out people and stuff um, revealing. Yeah. So I didn't know anything. I don't know if he even. I don't know. Did he really do a traditional single? I don't think anything. Any sound yeah. dropped. Uh, nah, nah, drop. Just the album. It all hit. came out at once. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Feel like, I feel like he just did a couple songs live, but that was it. But he, he, um, so the, but anyway, go back to Voodoo for a second. It's just like I'm looking at the track listing now, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I had this on cassette, and I remember why. It was a it was a little rough on cassette only because every song is six minutes. Yeah, there's <laughs> some long tunes on there. Hey man, long it's long. Long. there's a lot of vamping. Yo, it's an hour and nineteen minutes. This album, it's seventy nine minutes, and it ain't that many songs. <laughs> it's thirteen. It's a lot of vamping. Song seventy nine minutes. Yeah. But it, like no one talks about that, you know. Like that's basically like today that's a double album to do seventy nine minutes. But yeah. the weird thing is, like when it kicks off, like play a play is you know five minutes. I'm sorry, play a mm. play is seven minutes and thirteen seconds for like kind mm. of a, not the best intro. And then Devil's Pie is five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And then left and right is four minutes and forty like minute, seconds. The, yeah, yes. the beats play out like 30, 30 <sighs> seconds or a minute after the track. After the vocals stop, a lot of the beats play out for maybe another minute, another right. two. You know, yeah. like so. It, but I, I say that to say the sameness is actually the strength of Voodoo because these songs, like you don't just kind of swim through them. Like these things, yeah. you're in it. Like yeah. you're in chicken grease, you're in Africa. Like you're in these songs for seven minutes with all the outros, the hand claps, the changes, the breakdowns, mm-hmm. and it's unlike like there's nothing on Brown Sugar that's like this. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and that's the thing. So the the thing is, Voodoo was was monumental on so many levels for me because for one, I remember because it came out. When I it came out like my freshman or was in my sophomore year, mm-hmm. something like that. I think it was like my sophomore, or my junior year of college. Um, Might have it had to have been a little bit later because I was in a songwriting class mm-hmm. and like a production class and stuff like that. And um, and I remember I brought in, I think I played Untitled or something like that. And I remember the class was trashing it. They were like, "Well, this offbeat." It's th-, and I'm just like they were like. How come the guitar solo doesn't have that many notes? I'm just like, <laughs> yo, you guys are dorks. <laughs> I was like, yo, a dork. Stop like, being a come, dork. Y'all come to my apartment afterwards. Y'all, I'll, I'll make sure that y'all understand. Because <laughs> I was like, it doesn't have that many notes because it don't need that many notes. Right. And honest, I'm like, what, what are we talking about here? And this is me talking to the professor. I'm just like, you know, I, I gotta get out of here. but um it was like you know like for one yeah i think like kind of like what zilla was saying just to even expand upon like what i gathered just from what i saw and um from d'angelo with that is like like yeah the whole sex symbol thing with the untitled video and Mm -hmm. the crazy thing is 
he did the untitled video like that because that's what that song needed. That's mm-hmm. that's described the song. So it was like, okay, cool. This is that song. This is not me though. Mm-hmm. This is what that right. song is. Right. Even like with um left and right, you know, whether it fits or not, he's like that on that song because it has a red and meth kind of thing about it. Now, right. I don't know how true this is. From what I've heard over the years is that Q-Tip was supposed to be yes. on that song. Yes. And well. some, yeah, and it just Questlove didn't, said that. Yeah, it didn't fit. For whatever yeah. Reason. And they said like a lot of that percussion, if you listen to it, that sounds like tried to me that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there, I hear yeah. that. It sounds like though. something off a of love movement. I, I can't think of which song that... Uh, uh, one of them, but anyway, like little things like that. I was like, okay, I think that was supposed to have Q-tip, and then right. just the ruggedness of Red and Meth is what did it. But yeah, it's like I feel like with you know, I've always kind of looked at D'Angelo as like somebody that's really just there for the music, and he right. wants to invoke what is that's going to make the music what it is, which is why I feel like he recorded at Electric Ladyland, and I just feel like you know, he probably tried to tap into some. Mm-hmm. Some kind of musical. I don't know how mystical or whatever it is, but I've heard they, they say that about certain studios. Yeah, when you go yeah. to certain places, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I've heard people it. say they. I'm I'm trying to invoke Marvin for this next record. I'm like, well, you're doing that on your own because I don't know <laughs> if it's true or not. But that sounds crazy. But but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how much vibe he took in, but I think like that vibe of Voodoo really overtook him. And I think mm-hmm. he just went some places that he couldn't handle. And I think he went some places that the that the mass media and like average listeners weren't ready to go, which is why everybody's just talking about his V taper on Untitled. Not like yeah. he had to do Untitled like that because that's what the song is. He did it yeah. like that because that's probably what Prince would have done, mm. if you ask me. The whole thing sounds like Prince, and he's one. And Prince too, if you look at the way Prince is, his reclusiveness, you know, and all that. I feel mm. like all of that was D'Angelo was drawing into like all of that kind of genius, Marvin Gaye stuff, the Jimi Hendrix, you know, yeah. that '70s psychedelic Stevie Wonder. Yep. Even though, even if Stevie ain't into that stuff, a blind guy doing all that, I'm just like, yo, there's something else in here. Where is that? Where, where is it? Where is it? And I think D'Angelo found it, you know. So I, I feel like Voodoo really went over a lot of people's heads. I didn't think it kind of went over his head a little bit. I think it just got to the point he was like, whoa, whoa. And so he definitely like <clears throat> on some art imitating life, invoking a spirit. Again, mm-hmm. yes. whatever you believe and stuff like that, calling it that and, and letting a spirit run up in you, that is what Voodoo is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so, right. and it's also opening the portals. And, and unfortunately, again, regardless of what you believe, and I'm just laying it out there, when you open a door and you open a portal, that's not the problem. The problem is closing it and putting, yeah. putting mm-hmm. back what came out. And so when you leave something open like that you, and you're leaving yourself raw and open, you might be getting some visitors that you didn't plan for. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can see that and like um, him, you know, going away from it, you know, Going, going out, getting obese, whatever may have you was trying to maybe exercise a demon. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, like that's it's like that's all that. Like he was taking it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that deep, and it's just to the point where I think he something that he can't reach that level. 
more because I mean, mm-hmm. it's Voodoo seems like one of those kind of albums where it's just like we you he just happened to use the right toilet at the right day and bump into the right, you know, one of them yeah. kind of things. Like yeah. they're like for chocolate over here. That was being recorded over here, which is how Chicken Grease ended Oof. up. Common yeah. didn't want it. He ended up taking it. Right. I think, you know. Mama, Mama's Gun too, right? Yeah, Mama's, Mama's Gun. Gun. Mama's, Mama's Gun. Gun. The same dude makes all three of those time. records too. Yeah, Russ. Wow. Yeah, Russ yeah. the Dragon. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, just like, that synergy of the sound of that studio, all those people in the right place at the right time at the same time, I think that they all tapped into something, which is why the Soul Quarians right after that, you know, it just kind of, it just fizzled, mm-hmm. you know, just because I, I think it, it's just like you reach such, such a high star, height that, like, yeah. that star alignment, and, and they got they got three records out of it, but like mm-hmm. the records yeah. subsequently after holding on, like, you know what it is? It's the same thing like on some native tongue shit, like you're kind of mm-hmm. you're still trying to um you're smoking resin, you're still mm-hmm. dealing with fumes, the little remnants mm-hmm. and stuff. You're um I'm I'm making it gruesome, but like you know you spilt you you spilled the lean on the floor. You're on the floor with the straw, you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to you're trying to get remnants and and you know like I said, smoking resin is like smoking the, the last of whatever you have. You're, you're scraping your bowl yep. to try yeah, to get that back. And if you look at people's that projects knife. right after that, yes, <laughs> that's what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, don't yeah. they don't talk about a knife here. Yeah, but that's <laughs> you know, looking crazy. Yo, crazy. Yo, we used to be wild, yo. I swear, man. We used to be wild. All right. Well, back back to center. Um yeah. so, but you know, yeah, yeah, last. No, no, go ahead, go. You finish what you're gonna say. No, I was just saying, so like if you look at the projects afterwards, them trying to recapture that, that's what mm-hmm. I think was happening. You know what I'm saying? Sifting through garbage, trying to recycle yeah. shit, and it and it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. So does anybody else feel like, because I've heard it mentioned a few times, like sort of just in this conversation, like psychedelics being mentioned and like Castro talking about like taking a trip, like this album is very much like a mushroom trip, right? Yes. Like the first few songs are just like that sort of like high chaos after you take it. And then from like the line through, it's like you settle in. Mm. The peak is untitled. And then like Africa is like when everything's settled and you realize like what you went through. And yeah, if, and, the, and if you and the, the garbage after the like you get hung over from mushrooms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know and, what I mean? And it leaves so, you like sometimes like in a place where you're kind of like thrown for a couple weeks. Mm. Yep. Like, like kind of you kind of feel um you feel a little sour. Yeah, a little unsettled. A little, see, what I'm saying things are not, and you want you want everything to kind of rebound. Yeah. And look like what we're talking about. So that you know, voodoo's the mushroom yeah. trip. And the 14 <laughs> years afterwards is. You know what I'm saying? Trying to um trying to shake the shakes. Yeah. And, and, and again, get that um, again. Mm-hmm. and again, yeah. lining it up with the fame. Like I want to talk about that too. The fame part of that. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a Virginia yeah. boy that didn't want to do that, wants to hide behind a piano, Pentecostal mm-hmm. playing in the back of the church. Mm-hmm. And now the fame is getting ahead of him with the um his with his aesthetic, how people are viewing him, the fans throwing things at him, uh, panties mm-hmm. and, and stuff. That's not what he probably wanted at all. Um, you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't come out of the church other. to become with friends with Quest Love, okay? Right. That's the bottom line. Because <laughs> Quest Love, who is just like an ex- extroverted drummer nerd, is the whole mm-hmm. time being like, "Yeah, man, um, you're just so dope. Like, why, why aren't you putting out this music? And like, where is it? And you're depriving everybody of your talent. And we need your music like oxygen. And like, 
this dude was clearly fucked up for over 10 years like severe alcoholism weight gain doing coke smashing cars flipping cars over fucking up record deals like dude was in a bad place and something's going off because he's not he's not music business he's music he is that and it's like different yep and that's one of those things where, and I've even had to pull myself back sometimes when you see something, you see an artist and be like, yo, they would just do X, Y, and Z. Matter of fact, case in point, not to, not to you know, take it too far off subject with hey, uh, my changing. former boss, my former boss, uh, Miss Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that caused me so many headaches, but at the same time, if you 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 take your time, you got to understand where she's coming from as an artist, and this is her music. Mm-hmm. However, you want to talk about that, but still, her creations as far as lyrics and what she's putting out, you know. And it's like, and I used to always say, like, yo, if you would just play these records, ninety five percent like the album, and add some cool shit in there. Like, for instance, when we did Coachella, we were doing everything is everything to start off, and I was like. Yo, we got to do something else. And then, like, um, my man Rampage, the DJ, he was just always, he's never paying attention when we're talking. So he's just sitting there doing a DJ set to himself. He comes up with 10 crack commands. Oh, bomb, 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 bomb. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. That's it. That's it right there. So we playing everything is everything. We get to that. Her, her rap verse, my philosophy. So, you know, we stop. Everything is everything. Oh, I was like, out to you. oh kicking the door, kicking the door, yeah. Yeah, yeah kicking the door, door, my bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm like, yo, you do that to every song. We're, we're, it's it's over. We ain't got to do shit. She ain't want to do none of that. We did yep. that. Nope. And that's it. And and like, and I was always just like, if you would do this, we could just have a Vegas re- residency. And we and we'd be good for a right. good three, four years. <laughs> she ain't want to do that. Right. So, you know, it's a headache. And and a lot of the issues that people had with her was like she didn't want to do what you was trying to tell her to do. Rebellion. And I was like, Rebellion. And like she and she straight told me that one day. And I was like, you know. I can't. You're right. Hate. We can't. We can't. We can't. That, <laughs> you got to pick your battles. So, like, you know what I'm saying. So, like, Quest Love being, a, and I'm not trying to rag on him, yeah. but Quest Love is a meddler. You know what I'm saying. And so, like, w- because your creative process is, um, you know, factory based, and you right. can pop out five pop out to songs, eight things shows, a year, a year, shows a year doing, for thirty years. Right. Everybody that's mm-hmm. rolling with you, or that you think is rolling with you, is not that same type of machinery. And right. you already could tell that D'Angelo needs to take his time. So I think it was like, you know, a rush to the head um, to, to borrow yeah. Coldplay phrase. Well, like, you, you know, know what else is interesting, too, you said about Lauren. I, like, Lauren was in the industry when she was, like, 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Young. And she was a, young, and she was a girl. Nobody and she was a girl. And she was in Sister Act 2 and, you know, Wyclef. Like, think about her first, like, six, seven years. Like, everyone told her what to do. Wear this. Yep. Be here. This is the song we're going to yep. sing. You rap here. You do this part. Yep. So when you she know goes up, she's like, like very, very much like do course. this much and then stop. You know that. Right. You know that. So, okay. so then same thing with D'Angelo mm-hmm. where Brown Sugar, he's like 21, 22. And then when he's doing voodoo, it's like, okay, yeah, make sure you take your shirt off. You know, make sure, okay, you, you do 15 dumbbell squats. You do, you only eat 140 grams of protein. They like, 
literally mm-hmm. being dictated their lives and they're the ones being like wait a second i'm so fucking successful because of the songs i wrote not because of these pants and this video which is true yeah. to a certain extent but you see like them rebelling against it where d'angelo was like i'm gonna gain 70 fucking pounds now and he did it and lauren hill's like mm-hmm. uh i'm not gonna do anything do you say, I because <laughs> when i was 18 through 26 people told me every fucking day what i had to do and that's and she used with. to say that. And she would say it wasn't even a guest. She used to say that wow. specifically. She said that to a crowd where she said, I gave I gave y'all my 20s. Y'all can give me this hour. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you're four hours late, though. That's different. But <laughs> <I understand>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that, that's at your own risk to her show. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just think it's like fascinating to see what they want to do with that. And then, like you said, like Lauren Hill has a song on the Queen and Slim soundtrack from last year, which is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And I played it every fucking day after I first encountered it. I was like, this shit is mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I'm, I know she's probably got 30 songs like that on a computer somewhere in her house. And she just wants to listen to it when she's like making some soup or something. I don't know. That's what she wants man. to do. She's cool. We wrote we wrote this one song with her. That thing, man. <laughs> we say we saved the tour because we, we just came up with something that she came down. She was like, wait, what's that? I was real. I was like, "Oh, this is the song we doing." Well, what do you think? And she sang a hook for it. I was just like, "I was like, okay, the Bugatti isn't really my style." I'm thinking if I get a solid gold house, that would be. But <laughs> she solid gold house. <laughs> but you know, hey, it's it's what yeah, it's it's Buddha was such a complicated album because for him, from what I'm seeing, just because I feel like musically he really did finally get to do what he. At least felt like he wanted to do. Because, you know, even if you look at a lot of the people that he had on there, he didn't have, like, a lot of super popular names and production outside of Questlove. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, Rafael Sadiq, but, like, you got to be a musician or somebody or a music aficionado to really understand, Mm -hmm. like, oh, Rafael Sadiq is playing bass and producing this stuff. Okay. I kind of have an idea what I want to hear. Charlie Hunter. You know, the dude that plays bass and guitar it has bass up top, guitar on the bottom. I'm like, how in the? You know, he had him on side. Pino Paladino that plays with the who. Oh, oh he yeah. Went to London and found this guy. Like, I'm like, who are these guys? Like, like I'm like, oh my god, what 24 year old guy is thinking of making this album? Deliberately making sure that he's an electric ladyland to make mm-hmm. it. And it Roy sounds Hargrove like on a record. You know what I mean? Like, come on. You know, and then just like we was talking about his rare appearances afterwards, the only places that you saw him was on Roy stuff. Mm, the R.H. Oh, yeah. Factor. It's the yep. only time that people would hear that. And I'd be like, yo, that's definitely D'Angelo. And then on the second one, and then on the first one, he did the cover of um, Parliament. Mm. Um, I'll Stay. That's fine. I'll stay, she'll be coming back. Yeah, it was like, and that was a crazy thing because I really feel like, yeah, it was like the industry and that that sex symbol part of him was just not. Because if you look at all his appearances right after that, he would he wouldn't really play his songs. Right. Mm-hmm. He would play a lot of real obscure covers. The mm. biggest one was a little bit just before the next um, the next album, Black Messiah, mm-hmm. when he was in um it was Brooklyn, Afropunk. He headlined Afropunk 
I think he played Great Day in the Morning. What? <laughs> like, 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 I'm like, you only play one original, and that's the one you play. Oh, I mean, I'm not mad, but like, it covers like Nappy Dugout. Jesus. Like some, like some <laughs> stuff. Like it was that's killing. Crazy. Like it was killing, especially when I was like, okay, he's at Afropunk. Okay, mm-hmm. he's playing something like that. But this <laughs> is funny because the whole crowd, you can hear like the crowd, and this one dude was like, he would, instead of saying Freebird, he was saying Brown Sugar. The whole uh, side. Oh, and it yeah. was like, I'm, and I've I've been that person at certain performances. Yeah, he was like, brown sugar. Can I get some brown sugar? I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, yo, oh man. God. I was like, if this guy says it five more times, he's never playing brown sugar for you, boy. Oh he God. said it four. He said it four. So I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. But yeah, so, but like uh, that image was pretty much what we talking about. Mm-hmm. They was like, yo, take your shirt off. Play this. Da, 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 da. He was just like, yeah, but Afropunk. See, I'm feeling the spirit of Jimmy, or I'm feeling the mm. spirit of Bob. Like he did a bluesy cover of um, I forget what what Bob Marley tune it was, but yeah, something like that. Like I was, and then when you look at it as a musician artistically, and you're like, okay, even the way he did Great Great Day in the Morning, it wasn't like the wax. It was right. um I, I forget what song it was. It was a Parliament tune, and he took the but music. In, from yeah, that. in that moment. And especially at Afropunk, so I'm like, like you're saying, Rob, I could see, you could see him doing these different disparate moves. But then after the show, mm-hmm. you're realizing, well, he didn't do none of his own. And I remember that. I remember that performance and thinking that. But um, let's let's hit another quick break. Yeah, sure. We got the yeah. the triple and the trilogy coming up. Black Messiah. Yeah. Cl- uh, culture no. will be back. Lineage of Greatness. D'Angelo. We're Ross Sanji. Culture audience members, uh, new update on my album Midnight Suns with Sean Wizard. We have sold out of the first print of vinyl, the second variation with the new artwork and the new gray and black splatter. Wax is available, very limited quantities. We also have the second pressing of the cassette with the new variant artwork, the second pressing of the CD, the new green highlighted artwork, and then the wool hand-stitched hats from the good folks at Ebbetsfield Flannels, my favorite retro baseball clothing company for many years because I'm a quasi-boomer. Uh, those are available well by the house. You also get the variant CD thrown in as well for free. How do you like them out? So go to childwizard.bandcamp.com. Thank you if you've already supported Midnight Sound. It's my biggest record of all time, and I've been at this a long time, so thank you so much. We're back. Culture Podcast. Little Rock of Curly Castro, Alaska. Special guest, Ra Sanji, talking D'Angelo. So here we are. Complete complete the trilogy. Black Messiah, seven years old, Mm. which is still an incredible sale out. Um, So we we talked briefly about when it came out. Again, a surprise drop, full album. It's only a scant 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, 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 wait! Minutes of voodoo. What's up? Don't forget the title is D'Angelo in the Vanguard. The, yeah, the, the Vanguard. Point. D'Angelo in the Vanguard. Vanguard. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would just mean just like the 20 million people that have played on it at some point in the right 15 years. <laughs> yeah. This album probably cost like four million dollars to make all those years. Like every session, oh, to, pull, to pull those reels, to, to, oh, my to God. engineer some of those reels with the age on it for sure. For sure, yeah. yeah they call in some yeah. big hitters. That's some heavy shit. Um, real, real quick, I, I I did want to mention, which I don't think it's any credit for his career is Angie Stone. Yeah, mm. Angie yes. Stone is baby mom, that's but she send, was like, "That's who send it on" is about. Yeah. There you go. 
and like she was she worked like she has credits on jones and my bones she's not credit on voodoo but she she was in the gq article they said she did she worked on like four or five songs on voodoo um, i'm gonna tell you a dark secret about angie stone in the black community in, in reference to d'angelo well, Rod know this <laughs> yeah, probably because of, that, because of that because of that sex symbol stuff that they were putting on d'angelo there was a lot of people that didn't think that angie stone was worthy of dealing with him mm. and would hold that against her whether they knew and I, there was a lot of stuff like he would met out yeah. and she would met out what their relationship was yeah, then she you was learned out, oh they got a kid but they, yep. they didn't let everything out at once oh they're together oh they do you know they do music together right. but there was always this undertone from I'm not gonna say from just black women, from I think from black people, period, that had an issue with Angie Stone and her look. And right. oh, she's with D'Angelo? Oh no. Right. And they used to hold mm-hmm. that against her. Well, she you know? yeah, she she worked on Playa Playa, she worked on Send It On, she worked on uh Great Day. She's Morning, amazing. And then she's she worked broken. on Africa. Yeah. So there you go. Like ten pole parts of that record she she worked on with him, which is fire. Some of so the anyway. oldest records. <laughs> So so here we go, Black Messiah. So Ra, you're not the biggest Black Messiah fan. Why is that? Yeah, like a lot. When of it dropped, also, remember when it dropped? Yeah, because when it when, dropped, there was a mass about it, and I remember Rob was like putting the brakes on everybody. He's like, "Well, hold on," because everybody was yeah. just going crazy about it. We all of us, all our friends. Yeah, like everybody was going nuts over it. I listened to it. The thing with me is that you know. Like, okay, going back to Voodoo real quick, like that was saying, that was my magnum opus when I got to college and really was really starting to understand music and myself and music. Like, that was one of the albums that I was like, want to get to know me? Just play that. You'll understand a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. like, and me searching through this, I've heard a lot of the outtakes. I've heard a lot of things, um, you know, like still talking about Jamiroquai and, um, and, uh, in London. I heard the out the song that Stuart Zender, Jamiroquai's old bass player, did with him mm. that didn't make it. Song's crazy. I mean, if you listen to it in the context of the album, you're like, yeah, I can see why this didn't make it. But like, you know, there's so much stuff that's out there, and I can hear it mm. on a lot of these tunes. A lot of these tunes. Like, I was just like, you recorded this one, you recorded voodoo. It sounds wow. like it, it doesn't sound done. The ideas don't sound flushed out all the way. So I'm just like, okay, if this had come out, if this was an EP that came out like that next year, mm. it would have been one thing. It reminded me of Concrete Roots, that, that shit Dr. Dre put out years oh, ago yeah. right after the chronic. Wow, good call. And it's like, if you're into music, like you can hear some of that. You're like, okay, I hear some world-class record. This is cool. But right. like, at least it came out six months or a year after that. Right. This came out... 15 million years after you like this is what you're gonna give me even the charade um that's one of the best songs on there i heard that several years before live he was starting to play that when he first started hinting at an album around when the rh factor stuff came out he played that song live and i was just like yo this sounds amazing this sounds like prince and it was more guitar so they were talking about this whole album called james river that was going to be super guitar based. And then that image of him playing guitar and charades, so I'm like, okay. And it don't sound nothing like that. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, so what the fuck's going on? <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, it was just like that. I just felt like a lot of it was just kind of like, 
doing the same thing over again. Like sugar daddy is cool, but that ain't nothing but left and right and chicken grease together to me. Like I, I feel like, like okay. I feel like a um, betray my heart is very voodooish. It is. That's I want live when they play it live, they do that. And then they go into Spanish joint from Voodoo. Uh, yeah, see, it's kind of like part two. <laughs> yeah, it's like the companion. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I see what you, you was just on it that day. You said, we're going to save this one for the next album. <laughs> right. All, all right, it... Critical Grinch. Zilla, what was your feelings? <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> oh, last... say oh, I think oh, I was talking. Yeah, I'm just sorry, listening to the conversation. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think um, Black Messiah, I think it's... Uh, I think it's really interesting because, you know, in between records, he became really, really nasty with guitar. And so there's a lot of guitar mm-hmm. on the record, which I like. It, it gives him a new weapon to start pulling yeah. out. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like in the Kanye canon when Kanye started doing, moving away from soul samples only and started doing like live orchestration with John Bryan. You're like, oh, he can John throw Bryan that shit. in the mix, yeah. right? Yeah. And then yeah. later on, like auto-tune, like, oh, he can do auto-tune too. Um, yeah. So, so I kind of thought, oh, this is dope. He can do like a lot of good. There's like, there's like acid drench guitars. There's kind of like jazz guitars. There's like Latin guitars. There's kind of like soulful. Like it's just a lot of shit on there, yeah. which is really cool. Um, I mean, it starts off really great and heavy to me, like a thousand deaths charade. Like really, love is like top five D'Angelo song for me. I love it so much. That song. Now that one, that yeah. one, I, I give that that moment of really love. I was like, okay, yeah. That's, and, and live too, especially live. Really love that. Like, that's one of them. Yeah, it comes off live. It that you just kind of you really live that lives with you from a concert. And that oh. was the one when I saw that live. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really amazing. I, and I just think he, um, I think the album kind of loses steam in certain parts where, like playing it again. You know, again, seven years later, all the fervors died down and. Mm-hmm. We're not like, oh my God, it exists. Like, it, it reminded me of the the Dr. Drake Compton album where you're just so blown away that you're getting something from this person. Mm-hmm. And everything's been mm-hmm. such a ballyhooed, you know, buildup of like, holy shit, all these whispers and all these years, like, yeah, it's coming and we got this guy on it mm-hmm. and working on it. And then we stop, but then we're back, but then it's going to drop in four months. It, it, like, you're always getting these updates, 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 and then nothing yes. happens. And fucking seven years go by, eight, ten years. So when the Drake, mm. the Dr. Drake Compton album hit, when Straight Outta Compton hit, you're like, whoa, there's like Exhibit on here and fucking Kendrick and then Dia, like, yeah, all the and, and, and like, like oh shit, it, it's like it's like an aftermath like family reunion, like everybody who even touched aftermath is like back and then Anderson Pack and all that. But when you go yeah, back to it, you're like, there. yeah, like when you go back to it, you're mm. like, oh, it's not uh, that replayable? You know? Yeah, okay, cool. Replayable. I think I played, no. and I was obsessed with that album at first, and I think I played three tunes. Yeah, that's really mid. So I don't think I don't think Black Maybe. Messiah is like non-replayable as Compton, but I think when you set yourself up in that place to be, yeah, this has to deliver because you made all these amazing things, and for ten to twelve years you gave me a lot of fucking updates for something that mm-hmm. didn't happen. So then, whenever you mm-hmm. do deliver, it needs to be on that type of level because we hold you as such, and you carry yourself that way because this shit is so fucking precious. And like, you know, like gilded in a box where you don't want anybody to dent yeah, it up yeah, or yeah. scuff it. So you're going to hold on to it. So whenever you do drop mm-hmm. it, you know, so I just think, I think, I think Messiah is, 
uh, it's fucking cool. And I, I think there's parts again, like all time great D'Angelo songs in there. And some songs, like we're saying, they kind of sound like outtakes, and other ones kind of sound like. I think he got a lot, a lot of a lot of benefit of that just because it existed. You know, what I mean, people were willing to yeah. just, you know, give it every type of like I'm looking at it now, like uh, Metacritic, 95 out of 100. I'm like, really? A pitchfork, yeah. 9.4 out of 10. Spin, nine. Oh, you know what that is? That's riding the wave. That's the wave. You're like, you know, right. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna, you know, destroy right. the wave. Everybody loves it and says it's exactly. Genius. It's and group thing. It, it becomes group thing yeah. with yeah. a record because everyone's like, see, I'm on. Like you said, I like it. Like, like Kendrick hit this with the Pivot Butterfly. Everyone's like, see, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing with record. Their, their comeback record too. To pin, right. I, for for the record, to Pimp and Butterfly is amazing. I would go more okay. with Dam, with Damn. Okay, we can agree on that. Damn, yeah, way better. Damn, than I was Butterfly. like, Damn is not. Damn is way better than Pimp and Butterfly. Pimp and Butterfly. It's, it's now it's not not even. That, that, that's a different. I mean, Pimp and Butterfly be, was better as a Quemini, but you know. Oh, so you just stop. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, yeah, I like that the first time it was called the Thundercat discography. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I like when Thundercat hey, made that album yeah. five times hey. before. Anyway, um, I just, I just think, yeah, I just think it's like, um, I, I think it kind of loses steam as the record goes on. But yeah. again, like having Pino Palladino and like just all the people that probably like came through the sessions, or like Roy Hargrove and all these guys, like he's not going to make anything that's bad. Like he, it's impossible for him to make yeah. a bad album. Right, right. But we're talking <laughs> yeah. about we're talking about levels here. So like you know, like um, I told y'all my favorite song, and I hope to put in the episode. You know, till it's done. So like, so this record to me, because Till is done is like my favorite track seven, mm-hmm. I jump around on the record. Doesn't right. mean I don't listen to every track, but I'm mm-hmm. jumping around. I remember when I first heard it, I was I was very impressed. You know, I let it play in the sequence. So when you, I think Black Messiah, when you first hear it, the sequence is important to set that stage, hearing those songs in that order. But then mm-hmm. after that, I think you can do a little hopscotch and, and play and um, play around with how you listen to it. At least that's how I. Um, when I go back to it, I jump around. But yeah, I remember when I, I first heard it, like, yeah, go last week. Yeah, I was just gonna say I jump around as well. I, I think there's a lot of tracks on there that like they feel like they're almost taken out of like that movie, The Hustler, like the not that sorry, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid style shit, mm-hmm. where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. shit like <laughs> The Door and Back to the Future, um, like, yeah. you know, uh, even like um, what is it, uh, Sugar Daddy? Like they're just almost like. It's just like you're you're in a saloon or something, and they're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. some high noon yeah. shit. Yeah. But remember, we were talking about because he aligned the record with the movements of the time. It would mm-hmm. paint you. It would paint your opinion of the record that first couple of listens. So then you're thinking yeah. you're listening to like some black power shit because that's what I thought it was when I first, you know, heard it. Black power and from the um from the church perspective, this is the church involvement in the movement because it's like yeah. you know we're gonna play we're gonna play you know play this uh, oppression office or whatever like that. Then pulling further inspection now. But Rod Good, I didn't mean to cut you. Nah, nah, you straight. Yeah, I mean I, I just I'm looking at the I'm looking at the track listing now. And it's it's I'm even more so just like what? Like 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 I don't know. <laughs> like I mean, again, see the problem is he, he waited so long right. to put it out. So cause I'm just like, this should have been an EP. Cause he could have yeah. put like a thousand deaths, oh, the charade, yes. really love, you know, and then done. like one other tune, whichever one, and that could have been it. And then taking another four, 
in six I, months I, or eight months or something like that in the night. Like that's kind of what what I'm looking at this like, but you know, I really like the bookends on this record. Uh, ain't that easy and then ending with another life another like life, the, yeah. the way it starts and ends is just like yeah, yeah. another Stunned life me. was one that had to grow on me like it was i didn't i didn't think it sounded like anything but like that was the one everybody was like oh my god did you hear that song i'm like yeah mm-hmm. i think i think uh, <laughs> that, that, song, you know, like that, um, that song the door to me that sounds yeah. like some pixar shit like some like yeah the door is like, all like, like 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 some buddy like animated fucking animal you got a one, like, friend holding their me. hands walking like yeah it's like randy shit. newman yeah it's you like it's like some like pic- it's like toy story five like ending <laughs> of the movie shit i don't know like that song yeah, like, just a corny to me it's yeah. a lot of it i was just kind of like ah, well now that i've now that i've had a chance yeah like we were saying now that i've settled down in deck, yeah you know, okay D'Angelo, ah, okay 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 yeah okay okay calm down what are we listening yeah. to not much. That's kind of that's kind of how I took it. I was like, eh, yeah, like yo, this, this one much. Grammy for best R and B album. Yeah, it was the movement. There was an, it was the wave. Everybody was mm-hmm. like, he's back. The, the, the with the prodigal son has returned. Right, and um, it's just. And then he was like, then he was like, ah. You ready gone. for this? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, wait, right, hold on. You ready for this? This, this is got? insane. In 2020. Rolling Stone ranked Black Messiah at number 395 on the 500 greatest albums of all time list. Really? No, I don't think so. You think this is in the top 400 albums of all ever made in any genre of music? Absolutely. The list, the list, the list is heavy really quick. Like that's not. It's just, it's just interesting when when people get the when certain artists get to occupy those spaces where like they are beyond reproach, criticism, or anything. Right. It's just like, yep, fucking perfect. It's great. We love it. Everything yeah. is wonderful. Oh, we it's, did that. We did that with um with Jay Z for American Gangster. We blew that record up way bigger than it is. Well, because Kingdom Come was a turn. Right. Now but the point that. being is like it was like just to go with that wave, the Blue Magic. Rock Boys, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Rock like, Boys is the shit. Success with Nas good, is amazing. It's a good record. It's a good record, but that's right, what it's fine. cool. Good There's record. some skips. There's definitely skips in that record. Yeah, like, it's not the blueprint. It's not the black album. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. he was trying to, you know, and remember he was sneaking back in the game. Oh, I'm going to be Frank Lucas so I can talk about drugs again. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. All right, that, that was yeah. funny. Um, so why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we take our last break? And we'll come back and just talk. We'll wrap it up. Just talk about like what we personally love. Like what's the one thing we love the most about D'Angelo and why he's okay. great. So we talked about the catalog. We talked about all that shit. So let's come back after yeah. this commercial break. Brought to you by fucking Bob's Big Boy. Is there Bob Big Boys anymore? They're gone, right? They got to be gone. What, the, those people that Bob's Big Boys. Bob's Juniors the, um, now. Bob's Juniors? The tires? Yeah. They make the tires? Right, yeah. No, the fucking tire? the fucking diner. <laughs> what? The tires. <laughs> the tires. A, a, person, a big boy standing there smiling with a hole in a tire, like Michelin. Oh Michelin God. man. Like, well, not that Michelin, one, but like not the not. I know you're talking about. Like, it's like kind of like the big baby, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those man. Shoot, these youngsters don't know nothing. <laughs> the tires. About. Call Out Culture listeners, this is your boy Jason Griff, friend of the podcast. Just wanted to come through and let you know that I just dropped a new beat tape. It's called To Sample Only Water for 10 Days, and it's inspired by a John Frusciante album of a similar title. 
Hit up insubordinaterecords.com today and get yourself a digital copy. Use the discount code CALLOUT and take an extra 15% off. So hit insubordinate records, drop that discount code CALLOUT, get yourself 15% off, and as always, long live Scorsese and fuck Jason Griff. We're back on the wrap-up segment on call-out culture brought to you by that tire commercial with the little baby that Castro's fucking Show blah, brought to you by Menin. And I, Menin. I don't remember what Menin is at all. <laughs> well, I think it's a shaving cream? Deodorant. It's like a razor-eating speed stick. Speed stick, yeah. Yeah. Lady speed stick. You know what else You know what else I remember? This is me and Alaska and I have an old man moment. Um, Alaska. Sit, Ubu, yeah. sit. Good girl. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah that's oh, the Cheers joint, isn't it? Or is that yeah, the Simpsons? That was, that was like six shows. Family was Ties. Like four, family Ties. Yeah, it was, sit, it was on a sit. bunch of shows. Good it dog. was on a, a few shows. Yep. I, I thought it was one? Cheers. It might have been Cheers, too. It might have been the same. I thought, it was, I thought it was MASH, too. It could have nah, been. I don't think it was a... The end of Family Ties, I feel like, was... Do that, that, okay, and go. it would it's, always come up like that. And I'm like, yo, okay, right. I looked it up. It was, it was ready for this. Family ties. Yeah. You guys are right. A show called Brooklyn Bridge, ninety-one to ninety-three. I've, I've seen and that. Spin seen City it. with Spin Michael City. J. Fox. Spin City. Maybe it's maybe it's yeah. Michael J. Fox's production. But for maybe it's Michael J. Fox because like you know yeah. stuff that he might be. So it's probably might then be. the Teen Wolf too. Teen Wolf. Was there a Teen, Teen Wolf, Wolf series? Did they do it? They yeah, they had they had, they had a fucking MTV joint, Teen Wolf. Yeah. No, not, not, not a current one. Not yeah. a current one, like back in yes. the day one. No. Oh, one. no, no. There wasn't I one think there might have been a cartoon. I think there was a cartoon, maybe. It was cartoon. There was a it was sequel a with Jason Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman. He was oh, a college. Cousin and, college. Wait, wait, wait. He was a, in college and he was a boxer. What? He was a boxer. <laughs> Who wrote The that? dog is boxing, y'all. They could have made him play highlight or something. He was a boxer. Who wrote that down on that script? And he's like, you know, the amateur bond chunk is there boxing. I'm like, yo, chunk, man, oh wait, class. <laughs> yo, man. Chunk was in like chunk is still in the series. Like the newest inc- chunk has been in like every ink in the, um oh yeah. In, uh, oh wait, yeah, there was uh there was oh he was he was Francis on fucking uh the Pee-Wee movie. Yeah. Um yo, Team Wolf animated cartoon lasted two seasons. 80, 86 to eighty eight. There you go. I wonder if some of those people never worked again. Like, damn. I t- and I took this job, like you know, Damn, fuck Hollywood. Like you came up with this, <laughs> get them out of here. That's a fucking franchise, man. I made paper. Um, all right, so let, let let let's all go around and just say like what what we really love the most about D'Angelo. What what's made him stick out after all these years? You know, seven hundred years, three okay. albums. Like what what makes D'Angelo great? So uh, I'll ask. I'll start with you. Nobody else it sounds like. Nobody There's else. No current like artists sound like him at all. And cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, to me, that's it, though. Like, you know, it's like he's kind of like, he, to me, he's one like the one. musical version of Chappelle. He's like somebody that comes around every couple years, mm-hmm. lets you know what the fuck's going on, and then bounces and goes and does his thing. Right. It's like, it, it's, it's not somebody who's like so thirsty and desperate. They're in your face 24 7 for mm. attention. There's still mystery around him. There's still intrigue, and those are the things like the artists that have like legendary, universal, forever acclaim are those artists. Like the more you learn about artists, the less you like them. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the edict. 
We should make t-shirts. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Castro? Um, it's uh, what always attracted me to D'Angelo was the uh, the um, the ancestors that I see in him. Mm. You know, it's it's it's, it's more so. Yeah. It's not so much the whole old soul that's typical. It's the ancestry I see in him that makes him create the way he does. You know what I'm saying? He takes me back to like you know Teddy P, early Teddy P. You know what I'm saying? Like wearing mm. sweaters before the sequence. You know what I mean? Like before, mm-hmm. you know, like um, early Luther, before um, it starts, before fame hits, you know what I'm saying? And it's still pure. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to go, you have to go find Bob in his backyard to talk. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I brought up Bob because Bob shunned it. They, Bob cleaned himself all the way up and he's like, enough with this. You know what I'm saying? Um, Richard Pryor did the same thing. When Richard Pryor was all cleaned up and doing tonight shows and all that stuff, he had changed all his comedy. And he, one mm-hmm. day he's like, enough with this. So I feel like D'Angelo is, is still able to tap into that and um, like really pull something. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes out genuine. So, you know, we have the ups and downs and, and certain levels with his records, but we all agree that we hold him at such a high standard. That's why the critique is so strong. You know what I'm saying? Like some other mm-hmm. people couldn't touch his basic. You know what I'm saying? And so um, yeah. I'm just I'm just proud of the cat that he's here. And, um, and I hope he's writing his own shit. Like I hope he's he's steering his own thing right now because I think that would be really interesting his output if he's running his ship right now yeah. I fuck with that um, I'll go next and we'll, we'll wrap up with Ra um, I, I think D'Angelo is amazing because he's just I mean what, what captivated me about him like Alaska said back when I was a kid and Brown Sugar hit I just I'd never seen like that type of archetype for an R&B singer to be mm-hmm. like as smoky and sultry and he has like that look about him where he's like a really handsome dude, but you, you don't see him like out and about, you know, like doing like pretty boy shit, you know, like mm-hmm. so we talk about that with the shirt and the clothes, but like dating Angie stone and having a, a child with her and a collaborating with her. Like they talk about in the GQ article about how they were going to an award show and they made her like stay in the limo and like stop D'Angelo block before the red carpet and made him get out with Vivica A. Fox to be on some industry sucker shit right so Mm -hmm. you know it was that type of shit he was in but he even going back and reading all the shit that happened in between voodoo and black messiah like i barely even remember all the shit he was involved with with like cocaine and being like he wasn't his life was in a tailspin but he wasn't like tabloid fodder the way like bobby brown was Mm -hmm. at one point or something like that you know i mean he wasn't he he was struggling but it wasn't like um you guys saying like he wasn't like always in your face and i think it's cool yeah. about you know voodoo is like untitled was a huge song and it was everywhere in the video and all that shit but like he didn't have like nine singles from that album that you just couldn't escape right that was right. playing the fucking supermarket and then was playing in your girl's mm-hmm. house and then was playing in your favorite show like yeah. he was still something you kind of had to know them some things about to get into past that one yeah. big song and he wasn't, you know, like, like guest starring on TV shows and all that shit. So I think he's like really cool because he's just always occupied a place of, and I think he got to where he wanted to be, which is kind of like you saying about Lauren, where it's like, I just wanted to be about the choices I make with the art I want to do. And I'm going to, I'm never going to give a fuck what anyone says anymore. Like, I'm going to do it yeah. as slow and as long as I want, or maybe I'll just put it all out tomorrow. Who knows? But like, it's going to be on mm-hmm. my terms. And you have to respect someone like that, even if, like we said, the output, isn't as earth shattering as fucking Rolling Stone want you to believe, but it's still right, like right. you're only getting his singular vision, which is fucking cool. Yeah. Like there is no compromise. So I like that. Yeah, so, so like, why, 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 why take it on home? 
Yeah, man. I mean, pretty much what, what all of y'all have said is really what, you know, from the moment that I heard him and I heard, and it was just crazy because I heard, heard all the influences, all the things that I liked that were unconventional that nobody was listening to. Like, I couldn't really connect with anybody on Incognito back in, you know, mid, early 90s because, you know, it wasn't like, you had YouTube where it was really easy to pull up this tune, just be like, yo, play this. And they're like, oh, shit, I love that. What is that? You know, it's either you knew or you didn't know. And like you were saying, D'Angelo kind of lived in that area, especially with Voodoo. Voodoo really is like probably the album, like like Castro was saying, like you hear the ancestry, like that album, it doesn't sound like a Bob album, but it gives me the feel that that Soul Rebel or that mm. Natty Dread, those first yes. short-haired Bob album, it gives yes. me like that kind of grit. It gives me Stevie, but not Rhythm in the Sky. Not mm. that stuff. It's like pulling this final, you know, like that that middle yep. golden age of Stevie. Like, I mean, he recorded it in Electric Ladyland, you know, for a reason. Mm. You know, all that stuff. It's like those dusty albums all put together in one thing so i know for me it kind of it kind of for me it was like an affirmation just that like all right there is something cool in all these weird things that i'm hearing and it can come together in something you know like and and i love the fact that he never strays away from that from as smooth as brown sugar sounded especially compared to voodoo that's the thing a lot of brown sugar i have trouble listening to because it sounds so it really sounds slick now, mm -hmm. you know, after you hear the grit of voodoo, I'm like, yeah, this is a little produced. But when you hear the remixes, like we was talking about how gritty lady is, because I know Oof. when I first heard it, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I said, play D'Angelo. They're like, I ain't. like, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, like, so it's just like, even though everybody expected it smooth, he was like, no. We doing it like this. Brown sugar. We everyone expecting something smooth. He's like, yeah, we're gonna do it like this. You know, all of that. And that's and that's one of the things I love. It's like he takes things from all over the place and really just streamlines it. And it and like I'm saying, as a creator, as a listener, as anything, having something like that as an example out there, especially that's not like an old album that you gotta go find. Somebody that's like right there with you, like, yeah, like. You know, I play with these guys that's in this band. I play with that guy. I know that guy, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, just to have something that's that accessible, but that abstract yet mainstream, it, just, it, it gives you a lot of confidence and it's so inspirational. And I mean, like, going even beyond that, like seeing these, these songs live and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like, it's just like, it just gives you a whole different level of his artistry, especially seeing a lot of black messiah live it was like and you know not even that you know to keep it you know keep it kind of chill just like even a lot of the people that he lost jeff lee johnson dilla mm -hmm. uh spanky alfred who played a lot of the guitar on voodoo you know just a lot of these people that he lost but he still invokes that even james brown and prince mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. i just love that he keeps true to his roots brings it together like Castro was saying brings it together in a very accessible way you know as abstract as it is and as much second and third listen as it's going to take to some people it still just really drives home like what it is that music black music all music really is ancestral praises 
mm-hmm. and lessons being learned in them to go forward. So, Shit. you know, he always is kind of keeps my brain going like that, no matter when I come back to it. So, <laughs> go for me for that. Shit. Well, that's a fucking wonderful way to wrap up lineage greatness with D'Angelo. Yeah, I like man. that ancestral. That, that's fucking. Even it reminds me too of like the the liner notes of um the artwork on uh, Voodoo. Where it shows like mm. like the like the uh, like the blood from the chicken and like the yeah. women with their eyes rolling back in their head and all mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. channeling Invo- all, of those all that invoking stuff and it's right. like keeping keeping that stuff alive and not in the corny sense of reinterpolation or redoing you know what I'm saying I'm keeping it alive mm-hmm. because the DNA of that is going to be in this you're going to hear you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, a howling wolf mm-hmm. in my shit whether right. you heard him or not whether you know what he does. You, when you go listen to him, you're like, oh, you know it's what right I'm saying? there. It still feels familiar, even if you never heard it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like that connection and like some Dennis, like, you know, sometimes when you can pick out influences, Z, Z does that. When you know somebody listen to Dennis Brown, you know, mm-hmm. you can't help it. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so, so salute to God, D'Angelo, the Black Messiah for real. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's fire, man. Um, so before we sign off, anything anybody wants to plug real quick? Anything coming up? Fucking people should check out our listeners here, our friends, supporters, fans. We got anything out here? We got a, a great album coming out this month. It's called Haram. Mm. It's done by Arm and Hammer and Alchemist. I'm on that mm. bad boy. Yep. Hey, it's already sold out. Yep. Maybe you can order it's... it from Europe to get it over here. There's some copies in Europe. Call HHV. They'll hook you up. That's it. Um, <laughs> and um, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be you know early contender for album of the year. Correct. So uh, don't miss and, out. Uh, one of our previous guests, Amani, is on the record. So there you yep. go. Nice. He's on the album too. Uh, Alaska. Nothing. Yeah. Good. I got, good. I got like some midterm papers too. But other than that, right. the, the people <laughs> are thirsty for that. The people have been asking me about that. No yeah. doubt. What, what do you got, Rod? Anything? Oh man. I got two, two, two of my greatest albums coming out. One is named Maxim, and the other one is named Riley. And these albums walking, and well, one of them's walking. The other one can talk. The other <laughs> one can't really talk too well yet. But you know, I'm doing that. But you know, they're getting bigger now, so I'm yeah. coming back out the house now. Um, uh, I did some work on Kindred's uh, next album that's coming out. I think it's called Auntie and Aunt. That's going to be out March 27th. Woo. Um, played bass on I think two or three tunes on there, and of course when you see them live, you're gonna see me. Um, nice. Yeah, man, you know. And then just this quarantine time, I just been digging back into creation, you know, getting my insides right so they can come out, you know. So mm. some tracks coming out now. I'm gonna be hopefully someone buys them. If not, I'm just gonna put them out myself. You know, we'll see what happens, okay. and then um. So, hope you got some verses there, guys, because uh, yes, you know, might need that. <laughs> right, but you know, I'm just yeah, you yeah. don't know, I ain't pressuring nothing. I'm just creating, keeping creating the best that I can, and just kind of keep this culture alive. Man. Hell yeah, you know? that's fucking cool, man. And, but three twenty-seven, uh, that album is coming out. Bang on CNN. <laughs> nice. So, um, and last but not least, uh, we have uh, on Friday Bandcamp Day. This episode will probably air before then. We're gonna have um. The last song, uh, potentially the last song, our good friend who passed away recently, Scorsese, recorded. Uh, mm. He and I were working on it called Ode to Raekwon. And uh, it's going to be out on Friday. It's going to be, 
I'm not sure if it's pay what you want or it's going to have some type of nominal fee, but um, whatever, if you support the song, everything we make off the song is going to go to the Shelton Lee Memorial Fund. So shouts to everybody who's already donated to his to Scorsese's fund. Um, and Panels did the beat. Me and Shells did it uh, a couple days after Raekwon's birthday because uh, mm. we're the biggest Raekwon fans. And we did the, um, the Lineage of Greatness Raekwon episode with Scorsese. You can run that back. It's one of my favorite episodes, obviously. So uh, that's going to be out on insubordinaterecords.bandcamp.com Friday on Bandcamp Day. So, uh, yeah, all the proceeds will go to, to Shells' family. And then uh, if you buy the song, again, send me the receipt, and then you can get whatever you want from my discography for free. That's what I always do on Bandcamp Day. Um, cool. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll be supporting that, that joint. And then we have the, uh, the Wrecking Crew Windbreakers champion joints with the stitching logo we've been we've been pumping those again so now it's windbreaker season it's not it was 54 degrees in philly today that was incredible yep. so we windbreaker. got two mile walk yes. beautiful two so miles we got, we got with the, the boy yeah dude burn them out like dogs you gotta just run them just run them into the ground that's what i do with my son <laughs> and it still didn't work as you can oh, see sorry. Sorry <laughs> yeah. it worked on my son like that motherfucker was out he was on the pillow done right before yeah, we like, started but yes yeah, so we, we, we got the windbreakers we're <laughs> doing next <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're gonna have the windbreakers available at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com shipping worldwide now. So that's about it, man. Another productive week, another great episode, another great person to be covering. And the first time guest, Rob, we'll have him back on. Yeah, thank you for coming, Rob. We appreciate you. Yeah, always, man. Thanks for having me. Great yeah, talk, man. great vibes all around. Yes, sir. You got it, man. All right, well, that's all we got, man. Everybody have a great week. Be safe out there. Get your vaccines up. Fucking get, get a windbreaker. All our culture, follow us on Twitter, call our culture pod. Correct. So all our call out culture. You know, call it out if you see it. There you go. Alright, there you go.